Welcome to the podcast. This podcast audio tour is designed to be an accompaniment to the Fomnya Kebang National Park loop, uh, either driving your own motorbike or on the back of a motorbike driven by a tour rider. So what we're going to do is cut together a bunch of uh, information about the area and some history uh, that hopefully makes the, the ride a much more rewarding experience. We're here with Ben Mitchell and Hung Nguyen who have both been in the area for an incredibly long amount of time and they're going to be our sources of information as we drive around the park. Alright, we're going to start the info tour from the Fazung Son which is located in the centre of Fongya village uh, here in Quang Binh province in central Vietnam. Um, next to Pha Zung Son, Pha Zung Son being the ferry crossing for the old Ho Chi Minh Trail and the beginning of Highway 20, part of today's loop. Next to it is the boat station where you can get a boat to Phong Nha Cave from. But uh, here at Pha Zung Son, the ferry crossing next to the boat station is where the trucks used to cross the river during the American War in order coming down the Ho Chi Minh Trail from uh, Haiphong the trucks would come down the Ho Chi Minh Trail to Phong Nha. They'd come down the Dardel Pass through Khe Gat end up at the ferry crossing at Phong Nha where the floating pontoon bridges and ferries would work throughout the night to have the trucks cross and begin their westward journey on Highway 20 floating pontoon bridges and ferries were kept during the daytime inside Phong Nha Cave, seven kilometers upriver. Nowadays you can come to Phong Nha and you can hop on a tourist boat run by a local family at the ferry crossing and you can go seven kilometers upriver and then one kilometer into the Phong Nha Cave. The Highway 20 is called Highway 20 as a nickname because it was built by people around 20 years old and it was people around 20 years old that operated it bringing the uh, equipment through and all the soldiers that walked through and it was 20 year olds that all died on it so it's called highway 20 for the average age of the people it's also known as victory road um, in vietnamese because it's the road that led vietnam to victory phong nha itself this phong nha valley area here was the staging point of the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Young, untrained recruits used to march down the Ho Chi Minh Trail to here, and then they'd be based here for their training. And then from here, they would push on either south into southern Vietnam, down the Ho Chi Minh Trail, or they would go over into Laos along Highway 20 and join up with the Ho Chi Minh Trail in Laos and head south and come back in around the DMZ line. Um, the US Marines set up across their, their fire support bases across the DMZ line, um, effectively managing to do what the bombing had not previously been able to do. They stopped the flow of traffic, especially through the area known now as Kaysan, Little River. Kaysan was uh, an area that the US Marines set up a big combat base and they set it up in the middle of the Ho Chi Minh Trail that flowed over into South Vietnam. Basically, effectively stopping the flow of traffic, as I say. Um, then, the answer for the North Vietnamese in, the, in raising the stakes was to build Highway 20 and to further develop the other routes over into Laos in order to take all the material and men over into Laos and then down around the DMZ 
effectively taking the war into Laos. Yeah. And uh, here at Fazung Son in Fongya village, the ferry crossing, that's a major focal point of that action. The area of Fongya was very heavily bombed during the war and there's a number of reasons why this area was so heavily bombed. There was two types of bombing here. There was there was strategic bombing which was generally done by jet planes which were coming off the ships in the Gulf of Tonkin, the aircraft carriers, but also came up from uh, uh, South Vietnam's airports and from airports in Thailand. And the other type of bombing that was done in this area was done by B-52s and they were coming from as far away as Guam and the Philippines. It, the area was bombed so heavily also because it was a staging point of the Ho Chi Minh Trail. It was where it was like just in, in a cave very close to Phong Nha Cave is another cave called Hang Ril, which is where the North Vietnamese Army made all of its rice wine, which it then carried down the Ho Chi Minh Trail on men's backs so the troops could have some rest and relaxation in the field. North Vietnamese had to have their R&R &R actually in the battlefield. So they would have their uh, they would have their rice wine brought down to them from Phong Nha, from Hang Ril. There's another cave just past Hang Ril, which is like the soap cave, and that's where the North Vietnamese had a factory making soap that was sent down the Ho Chi Minh Trail. The fact that Phong Nha was the training ground of the Ho Chi Minh Trail, all the material coming down the Ho Chi Minh Trail, also coming down the coast and then up the river and then going onto the Ho Chi Minh Trail on boats down as far as Phong Nha. So, so you had all these reasons to, um, to, to, to have the bombing here. Um, with the strategic bombing, that was done with forward air controllers working out where the anti-aircraft guns were, where the trail was, where the bridges were, and hitting those targets on a daily basis. The, the country where Phong Nha is, the country of Vietnam, is at its narrowest point. Um, so it was also chosen to be grid bombed with B-52s in order to stop that flow of traffic through this narrowest part of the country and also to stop Phong Nha from being the staging point of the Ho Chi Minh Trail, Quang Bin. Um, so Quang Bin was chosen as the area to do the bombing to stop the flow of traffic and that didn't really work but putting the Marines on the DMZ to the south of us did work there was the truck road coming through with the bombing on that. When you get up to the cave entrance, you will see that the cave, around the cave entrance is all scarred and broken. Um, that is from the American planes shooting rockets to try and get them into the cave entrance to, to try and stop the process of what was happening between the cave and the ferry crossing. Um, the, the Americans flew over the, uh, the area at night time and they lit it all up with flares and took photos and then realized the correlation between the ferry crossing and the cave seven kilometers upstream. Then they started missions of trying to shoot rockets into the cave. Um, those missions were very difficult because of the arrangement of the mountains outside the cave entrance. They did lose a lot of planes in the process of trying to get the rockets up the cave due to the anti-aircraft guns that were stationed on the mountain ranges around the opening to the cave. 
the boats are all a certain height. The roof of the boats is all very low off the waterline. That's because once you go into the cave, in the first chamber, past the first chamber, the roof comes right down very low. And then it opens back up again into the second chamber. And that's where everything was stored inside. But the American intelligence agencies didn't understand that. Um, so they were trying to blow up effectively the first chamber. They did apparently get one rocket into the first chamber and they stopped those missions after it and, and declared that they, they'd achieved their goal. Um, they were frightened to keep doing more of it because they were losing so many planes in the process. When that happened, they stopped those missions when they did get a rocket into the cave. But all the boats are the same level off the waterline because uh, they've got to go from the first chamber through to the second chamber and then continue one kilometre into the cave. Um, before, before we knew about the cave, the ancient people used to be living here in central Vietnam from 2nd century to 18th century. Cham people, they did know about the cave and they used the cave before we used. Yes. So from a cave, would you like, would you like a place for religions by Cham people in about 10th century? Because when French came to Vietnam in 19th century, they discovered the cave already. When they get inside from a cave, they saw uh, statues of um, uh, Hinduism gods inside, like Brahma, Vishnu, and uh, and uh, Siva inside the cave. And exactly, there's a statue of Buddha inside from a cave too. But Chan people they did evolve for uh, Hinduism and Buddhism in about 10th century. When when the ancient Vietnam people came here and kicked them down to the south, they left their land here and they're heading down to the south. So Fungia get forgotten until France came and discovered that cave in 19th century. You can see the description of uh, Cham people uh, in 10th century. They used the Sanskrit, the old Indian letter, and they did write inside the wall inside uh, Fungia cave. And actually, in 19th century, I think, Vietnamese people, they did live here and they went inside the cave in 19th century. At the time we still use Chinese as a national language. Because when I came inside, I saw the writing of the Chinese writing and champ writing inside the wall of Fongnya Cave. The British caving cavers went in 8.2 kilometers in 1990. And Nobody has been that far into the cave since then. There was three people on that trip. Um, I've spoken to Howard Limbert about that. Tried again a couple of years later and it rained heavily and it became a very dangerous situation and they got trapped and they got out. But nobody's attempted to get that far into the cave since 1990, since that initial trip. And on that initial trip, they found a lot of cham pottery and cham things as well, which are no longer there. Give me a 
quando so che non potrai più ritornare Cerca il mondo